Comics in Motion is proud to be sponsored by Renovations Press, home of the world-renowned tracksuit man, the story about traveling to which we can all relate and something we've all missed this last year. Renovations Press continues to make the decades-long quest to bring quality, independent comics to the masses with three comics each year featuring the supergroup slash government experiment gone wrong, section 12. Click the link in the show notes for more information about how you can buy some high-quality, independent comics. And stay tuned because each time a new issue comes out in 2021, Comics in Motion listeners will be eligible to win free copies of Section 12. Click that link, check out Renovations Press, support them on Patreon. You'll be happy you did. What started as just an appearance on Indie Comics Spotlight has turned into an excellent partnership between Comics in Motion and Renovations Press. We look forward to bringing you some amazing content. Here we go then. So we are on WandaVision episode four for this weekly spectacular. Uh, I am Mike of Star Wars Comics in Canon and Genuine Chit Chat. I'm here with Megan, who is my self-proclaimed co-host on certain random episodes of Genuine Chit Chat and appears fleetingly in Comics in Motion. Yeah, I'm just and- popping up. Sorry? Like a whack-a-mole. <laughs> Just pop it up randomly <laughs> with no real... Uh, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. And we are joined today by Matt. And this is the first, not definitely not the last, but the first podcast we've done together uh, yes. in sort of realm. <laughs> so it's exciting to be here chatting with you. How are you doing, Matt? Very well, thank you. Very well. Just uh, enjoying our lockdown and trying to watch anything I can at the moment. One Division's getting me through it on the Friday. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what we got. We've got, um, Megan loves uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. So we've got Drag Race on Thursday, One Division on Friday, and then the other Drag Race on Saturday. The dream. Yeah, so in amidst that, we've been watching quite a few movies. But, um, I mean, I'm I'm very happy that I, when we were talking about organising One Division, because I think, is it eight episodes that's going to be? I think it's nine, isn't it? Eight or nine. I knew it was something like that because mm, it was initially like going to be yeah. six, but they were longer and then they split some of the episodes up uh, and stuff. So, uh, funny enough, I've got the exact same glass. I just, <laughs> that's exciting. <laughs> no, one who's not, no one who's not in this three-person conversation yeah. <laughs> will care at all. But anyway, um, so there's like uh, nine episodes and I specifically said I didn't want to come in for the first couple because although I very much enjoyed you guys speculating and stuff, I was thinking there's not going to be a huge amount to say. And as I haven't read the comics or anything in that sort of realm, I wouldn't know what to say. So I was like, get me in the middle. That's normally when crazy stuff starts to happen. And I think I've chosen the best episode so far, which I'm very chuffed about. So sort of first thoughts then, Matt, how did you feel about um, the episode, which is called We Interrupt This Program? Yeah, I thought it was really good because I I, I see it as kind of, if it seems to split into nine episodes, first three episodes are act one, uh, next three act two, and the last, last, last three, you know, it's act three, Mm. and that's the finale. So I did, I'm happy that uh, it's kind of like some of the questions are being answered, but still keeping that mystery still there. So I, I felt like, obviously, uh, adding in uh, Jimmy Woo and uh, Darcy, I forget her name. <laughs> Darcy Lewis, Craig, yeah. Then, that's it, yeah. It was kind of like uh, the, the the audience actually seeing, you know, we, the, the, those characters were the audience, you know, they were mm. asking the questions we wanted answered. So 
I think that's good for like going forward because I could feel after three episodes I was getting a bit like well we need to move on from just a constant mystery and we need to you know start getting drip fed some answers to actually sort of keep invested in what's happening mm. but yeah I, I I really loved the episode I thought it was a good it was a good step in the right direction for sort of the next you know phase of episodes to sort of get those answers we're craving <laughs> yeah i mean putting it in the axe that's a very good way of putting it and i think i'd be inclined to agree with you that yeah the the first three episodes although they're really fun and they're enjoyable and they're quite clever i was kind of thinking i don't want this to basically just be one division as in with nothing else until like episode six or seven because i feel like mm. a lot of people by then would lose interest it just get boring after a while yeah exactly what did you think of, of this episode I liked this episode because it was slightly different. Like, obviously, the rest of them have just been the the sitcom-y style show. Yeah, well, saying here, I'm sure it kind of took us out of it. Well, anyone listening, I realised probably should have said at the start. Spoiler warning, because we're going to spoil the hell out of this episode. So, if you haven't watched (laughs) it, I don't know why you'd be listening to a breakdown episode on it. But still, sorry, I I forgot to add that in. But yeah, sorry, you liked it because it was quite different. Yeah, yeah, it gave you a bit a bit more of, of a perspective about what is actually going on. So yeah, it just answers, as Matt said, it answers some of the questions. Mm. Yeah, it, it definitely changes gear. And I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't expect it. I thought it was going to be... Well, let's, if we kind of rail it to the start then. So I absolutely loved the start. I, even though the rest of the episode is excellent, my actual favourite part is the very start. That first act where, you know, she's in the hospital room and she comes back from being blipped. And then everything is going mental. Because that's the kind of thing that... I think recently Kevin Feige said... Um, that they're not going to really focus on the blip that much going forward uh, mm. and certain content and things. And when he said that, I was like, but it's such a massive thing. I want I want more about it. I, I want to know, you know, what I would love. I don't think this is going to happen. But what I'd love is if in the Black Widow movie, it was kind of like her time in that five years and flashbacks to her origin. That's what I'd like, because I just want to know more of what everyone was kind of doing for those five years. Because, like, uh, I, I don't think we know, but... Do you know if uh, Scarlet Witch, do we know what she was up to in those five years? Because obviously she was in Infinity War and Endgame, but I, I don't know what, I can't really remember her role in Endgame much apart from at that end fight. Uh, well, she, she got she got snapped away, didn't she? Of course, Infinity that was War. it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. That makes so sense. I don't imagine she was up to too much. <laughs> no, just <laughs> blipped out. Yeah, and I think at the start it said, um, I only caught this on the second watch, it was about three weeks after Endgame is when um, Agent, oh, I've written her name, uh, her mum's Monica Rambo, isn't it? Or so is Agent Rambo. Yes. Captain Rambo. Captain Rambo, yeah. So with her, I find it's three weeks after the endgame and things that she her story kind of starts in a way. So what did you think of the hospital scene and the blip and stuff, Matt? What, what are your sort of thoughts? Yeah, I thought I did think it was really cool to do it in, you know, like a confined space mm. where it would just be mayhem. Because I because currently obviously all we've ever seen from the blip, uh well after the blip is Spider Man Far From Home. Mm-hmm. You know, you only caught little glimpses of people returning. It was kind of uh, used used for comedy. Like we we didn't get anything serious about what was ha- what was happening after the blip. So it was cool to see you know a confined space where it would just be absolute mayhem. And uh, yeah, obviously Feige said they're not going to focus too much on it. So I don't think I think this will probably be one of the last things we ever see of it because I I think. If you show too much of it, it opens itself up to too much nitpicking, too many mm, questions. Good point. And I think they don't really want to focus on that. And I think it's cool to give that scene that kind of everyone wanted where, you know, everyone's been saying, well, this would be crazy if it happened. 
like so why can't we see that so they've, they've given us that which was probably it was probably the best part of the episode those those first two three minutes of just yeah the mayhem of what it is and kind of how you pick up from life from there because obviously she's gone straight back to work and yeah sort of three weeks on so it, I quite liked that aspect of it mm, yeah and what about you Megan to you I found it interesting because in order to even understand it you have to have seen the films <laughs> so like I highly doubt that anyone would watch WandaVision unless they'd seen Infinity War and Endgame but in order to actually understand what the hell is going on in that first scene you have to have seen those films and understand that it is the blip because mm. for a second when she started like reappearing I was like I don't, I don't understand what's going on and then suddenly I was like oh okay yeah no I get it so I, I found that interesting because obviously they it I guess it's under the assumption that everyone will have seen the rest of the Marvel cinematic universe in order to watch this TV series. Yeah, yeah. It is it's one of those things where they kind of they don't hold the the viewer's hand a lot, which is what I quite appreciate because I do find sometimes uh with certain films with the MCU I think they've done a pretty good job of it in general, but like there's certain films you watch when they're a sequel or another part of a certain universe and they spend so much time explaining stuff that's already happened just in case someone hasn't watched it. It, it can take away from it. But it is, I like the fact that it's not just like five minutes of exposition of just repeating what we already know. And I think that what, what I hope is that with some of the Marvel series going forward, they'll, they'll take that same kind of aspect. You know, when they do Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they're not going to spend ages recapping everything that happened in the, the three Captain America films and things. So yeah, I mean, it is interesting. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the sort of start of that. And then obviously then the page sort of turns and then we get introduced to, um, was Jimmy Wu or James Wu. And obviously, as you say, he's from Ant-Man and the Wasp. So sort of the, the first part is then, she kind of goes back to work and things and she's grounded and you find out about her mum and whatnot. But another big part of this was the sort of the Westview side. So what was your thoughts first, Megan, of like uh, when they go up to that place and the, the town, the sheriff isn't sort of reacting or they, they didn't know. The it just sher- makes it seem that he's got like a spell on him. Yeah. Because obviously he's like, well, there isn't a town. It doesn't exist. And then there's like this massive sign behind him that literally <laughs> says this is Westview. And he's like, yeah, it doesn't exist. And I'm he's from f- Eastview. And it's just like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, so obviously, yeah, he's he. It, it just gives the impression that he's under some sort of spell that makes Very him forget. Interesting wording there, Scarlet the, Witch. Yeah, <laughs> that makes him forget that the town doesn't exist. What about you, Matt? Yeah, it was. It was yeah, it was very odd. I didn't really understand. Sort of, obviously, when. Who are those sheriffs? And when they drive away, are they going back into the sitcom world, I thought or that. are they? Yeah, yeah. Where, where are they? Where are they going off to? Because obviously, they're driving out of Westview, then back in. So. Yeah, there's there's something odd going on there. Is there certain people within Westview who are just living normal lives mm. to like sort of keep the keep the town running? And she's only picked a a few members of it to be in her sitcom. <laughs> so I think that's a, that's a question that will be answered at some point. Yeah, and it does make me think uh, with the whole thing. Like, it's very intriguing. Of as it's kind of the mysteries and sort of uh, drip feeding and then obviously mm. um, she gets sucked into or she walks basically into Westview and I just thought another part I liked is when the drone goes in there and it, it shows like um, the drone got turned into like a toy helicopter and things going in and obviously when, it, when she goes in and then she at the end comes out she's all dressed up in the right attire is that it's very peculiar because for what I thought, obviously Scarlet Witch is the one who is doing it all, but I got a vague vibe of the sort of reality stone sort of stuff from like sort of uh, Endgame and Infinity War. I'm not saying that is going to be a part, but that sort of 
that realm of almost magic of how we in the comics Scarlet Witch is very very strong and I've known from previous things she is one of the strongest characters in the MCU but the amount if she's just doing this alone the amount that she's actually doing is mental like the the more we delve into it there's like it's wider and wider the sort of things that she's kind of she's doing and I didn't know if you know much about uh, Scarlet Witch from comics or anything because I'm actually quite uh, not known in this sort of stuff I know vague points I mean yeah I, I, I've started reading House of M mm. due to this show I'm only about two issues in. I um, I know she has it, it already in House of M. It's kind of she can create new realities, and I think that's kind of the the what they're taking from that in that she can now create like a pocket reality for herself. It's it's kind of it's from like you know she's having a mental breakdown and can't control her powers, and I think that's probably what's going on in One Division is after the loss of everyone for her. It's now a case of she's kind of lost control of her powers. Mm. She's not, you know, kind of in her right mind anymore. And that's kind of in House of M that she's, you know, she's she's lost all control. Then sort of Avengers and X-Men have to make a decision what to do with her. Because if she's out of control, do, do you just kill her and get rid of her? And I think that might be something that's kind of explored in future episodes when they may, if she's behind it all, you know, that they'll start looking into that if you know kind of what do you do with someone who's lost control and they are the most powerful character in the mcu <laughs> yeah it is it is one of the things it could go quite dark and things which i'm i'm kind of mm. hoping for and i think one of the things i really appreciate about this episode was it fits so well with the first three and it, it retells them from a different perspective and it does as you guys have both said it it does there's more questions to be asked but some of the questions are just like when we watched the first three episodes all the questions are like okay what the hell is happening what time is this where is all these and it's sort of explain why does it keep skipping decades yeah exactly and that's the exact question like when as you said at the start man like when uh darcy almost everything she says is basically what everyone said watching it exactly it's yeah. almost it's almost funny like she picked the dialogue from the wandavision uh, the previous wandavision specials and just basically plonked that in there and i think the writing of this show is to be commended of just so far as long as it doesn't you know start to fall flat which i don't think it will of just how clever it is. It, it treats the audience not like idiots, which I really, I really appreciate the way it's kind of reflecting on the audience in a sense. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I commended that you know, episode four. They obviously they must have filmed this age ago. They already had the hindsight. They knew kind of what audiences would be asking, and yeah, I, I appreciate that. That you know, like, especially I like that scene when they said, "Why is it skipping decades?" And they said, well, "We don't know." And I thought, "Well, that's that's something I'm I'm asking." You know, and there. And uh, Jimmy Woo's whiteboard of questions he has. Well, that's kind of all the questions that are running through my mind. Like, you know, is is Vision dead? You know, why a sitcom? So I, I really appreciate. It. I think the writers could be really commended for that. That they they're able to relate to their audience and see it through our eyes to go well. If I was watching this, what would my question be right now? Mm, yeah, and when, when I heard about the sort of... They had that change, didn't they, of episodes where it was going to initially be, I think, six longer episodes. They mm. split it. And after when I watched the first two, I was like, is it going to drip feed too much? What I think they've cleverly done is... I think what Disney realised is with Mandalorian, releasing it weekly, you get so many more people invested in it because you get that speculation. And I think that's what they did cleverly when they split the episodes and things where you only really get about half an hour each time. And when they dropped the first two episodes, I think that worked really well because I think the first episode alone wouldn't have quite grabbed enough people. But I think now they've kind of got people hooked 
kind of mm. not not drawing it out to a bad way, but kind of letting things run their course. I feel like it allows the hype machine to build in the right ways and speculate. Whereas if this was released all at once, there would be no speculation. Everyone would just watch the whole thing. They'd binge it and then the mystery would be gone. So yeah. do you have any thoughts on that, Magano? Yeah, I'd, <clears throat> I think it's just, as you said, they, they're drip feeding the information. It, like I'm more invested in it now because they have done it in that way. Whereas like each episode they've given a little bit more for something that's a bit weird that's happening. And it makes you want to find out what the hell is going on. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm really in, enjoying it. I think they've done it in a really good way. Mm, yeah. And um, so then Matt, let's move on slightly. So next sort of parts of the um, the narrative and things, what parts around the sort of middle-ish did you sort of pick up and you really want to sort of talk about? I mean, for me, I just, I, I was confused as to, so if this is a sitcom and they can watch it and they're sitting there watching it, what happens when the cameras turn off? Mm. Because it, that that seemed that seemed odd to me. If they're watching it in you know twenty minute bites, like we're watching it, and then the episodes end, well, yeah. Well, then what's going on? There must be something must be going on and happening in that. And I think it's interesting. They say so. Obviously, we 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 see the parts that were you know uh, when Vision is questioning if if this place is safe, and then it cuts out. Well, that's never airing for them. So obviously someone is, they say someone's censoring it. So is there someone further behind it that's sort of manipulating Wanda or is, is Wanda the one in full control? But for me, I, I was interested in to, sort of what, what's happening once the sitcom ends because there must be something going on. Yeah, that, that's something I kind of thought of as well, which is the, the time of it. Because obviously, as you say, when we see something happen, uh, she rewinds it all. Yeah, because she normally just says no. Yeah, and then and then it then it goes back and a different. It's like an alternative ending, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But when we're watching it, when we when like um, the sort of people in the air quotes real world are, are watching it and things, you you they're uh, Darcy and whatnot. They don't see it as, as you point out, mate. It just blips mm. for a second, you know, and. So that's thinking, like, is whatever's happening in WandaVision, was that almost a recording? Like, has this stuff kind of already happened? And they're going to think, oh, my God, bad stuff's about to go happen. And then they go in there and all the bad stuff's already happened. Or is it maybe just like a five-minute thing where it's almost like it's broadcasting, but as you say, Matt, there's someone in the middle who's kind of editing it, censoring it, or, or altering it in some sort of manner. And that's the thing I'm, I'm intrigued by. And as you say, like, when the credits come up and it's like, when the cameras are off, do... What do all the other people in the town do? Like, are they just that? That's a big question as well. Is like, what what is everyone else doing? <laughs> well, it seems also that people have uh, moments of like tranquility, like they actually know kind of what's happening, mm. and then moments where they're not. Yeah. So, like, you know, they're obviously uh, uh, Monica Rambo. She's she was the whole time you know going along with the sitcom and just seemed like she didn't kind of know what was going on around her then she has a moment of she knows who she is again mm. so it's like why do these sometimes these people seem to be completely understanding the situation they're into then suddenly they they just believe they're in a sitcom mm. yeah yeah because the same happens with the neighbors as well in the previous episode at the end yeah yeah yeah, especially when that guy's cutting through the wall with the, oh, yeah. with the that bit is uh, that bit is uh, mental. And one of the other sort of questions that uh, Darcy brings up is, uh, as you said a moment ago, Matt, is about vision. 
And that's quite a big thing because I think not only not only is the fact that everyone obviously who's seen Infinity War thinks, okay, Vision is dead, and they've confirmed like Vision is is proper dead. He's not like come back in some sort of mm. strange ways to that we know of. And the thing that really uh, sort of uh, cinched it for me in a sense is when you see her looking at Vision and she kind of blinks and then he looks the way he did just after having the... Oh, yeah, I really count. didn't. That was yeah. awful. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, that was horrifying. And then she kind of blinks and he's back to normal. You're like, oof, that is... Yeah, that was absolutely <laughs> that was horrendous. <laughs> that is very rough. And um, obviously another p- big part of this is everyone knows about S.H.I.E.L.D. now because, you know, the, the previous sort of films, but now there's S.W.O.R.D. Now, I hadn't heard of S.W.O.R.D. until I think Dave or yourself, maybe, uh, Matt, spoke about them in the previous episodes. I, I think I know there are other organisations and stuff within the MCU, um, but I don't really know anything about S.W.O.R.D. I wrote down the little, uh, what the acronym is, but I didn't know if you wanted to give us any information, if you know much. I, I don't know. The most I know about them is essentially their shield, but in space. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a whole load about them. Uh, but that yeah, they're, the best way to describe them is just, yeah, they're now... It's just basically space shield. Mm. They, they're dealing with extra, extraterrestrial threats and weaponry and stuff like that. But that's kind of what shield were doing right at the start as well, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they said about um, sort of Monica Rambo being grounded in a sense. And obviously her mum being the one from Captain Marvel, you're thinking, oh, so flying, you would assume, oh, flying, you know, a, a plane. Mm. But then, yeah, it, it's kind of like... In Captain Marvel, they do talk about, you know, there's that space station that um, that person's on and all. It is very spacey, Captain Marvel, obviously, as well as the pilot stuff. So what you said there about it being in space, I think that does make sense. And that would kind of give a bit more weight to her being grounded because you think, you know, flying a plane around that is quite cool and stuff, but not being able to go up to space to do what, you know? I, I do really like mm-hmm. the sort of the MCU alternate future of or alternate present of the level of technology everyone has because I think he mentions like nanotechnology and things like that so what do you guys think about like the the adverts we saw for Hydra and for Stark Industries and things do you think that since Tony passed away and things is that does Sword now have some of his like do they have more connection to his technology and things like what do you think about that Megan I have no idea. No idea. Cool. <laughs> there we go. Matt, then. <laughs> I, I I agree. I have no idea. I was just disappointed that it wasn't an advert in this one. Mm. That, yeah, that really I like upset. the adverts. I, I do love them. <laughs> I think... There must be something more to them as well, because they're showing up in the sitcoms they're watching, which I thought was an interesting part, because I thought when the adverts come, they were just like a little thing for the fans, mm. but... No, they're, they're, they're seeing those adverts. So that is, there must be something more to them. Mm. Yeah. yeah. There'll have to be some sort of relevance. And also with S.W.O.R.D. as well, just going back to that, I think we'll find out a lot more because when they were looking at the sitcom, they were looking at all of the the people who were part of this like town. And it seemed that aside from Wanda and Vision, they're all S.W.O.R.D. agents, aren't they? From what they had on their big like board. Mm. Yeah. Because they had all the badges and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know if it's all sword agents that have been part of the blip, maybe. But. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting, but it's also, I, I wonder if, I, I, I'm only now remembering that I think, I can't remember if it was the first or the second episode, but right at the very end, it does the credits, then it kind of zooms out a bit, and then you've got some, I think a gloved hand at a desk pushing some dials and things, and then it zooms out and there's all the TVs there, and it's like, well, was that was that the person who is from... Hydra or whatever, even though, you know, who knows if Hydra's even still a thing, but like, are they the person who's kind of 
are they the filter in between? Or there was a bit like that in the in this week's episode. Well, yeah, that's what I thought. There was a small snippet of someone where you saw their back and they had a glove and they were looking at all of these TVs, but you didn't see the person's face. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's it's an intriguing thing with um with sort of it does with almost. With the two or three questions that maybe ask answers to a degree, it then gets you to ask another ten. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Also, because I was thinking a lot more about the the missing person case mm. that they he they were originally called to. Who's the missing person? Oh yeah, because they said it was someone in the witness protection program. Someone in witness protection. Yeah, they're missing person. And then now they're just forgetting about that, I guess, and uh, cracking on with looking into this sitcom. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's obviously there's something to that. There's something about that missing person. Because they're saying, because they said um, everyone they know to do with them has never heard of this person. Mm. Yeah, and then yeah, then that's when they also then talk about Westview. So yeah, there's so many more things. It's it's answered some questions, but then asked a load more. <laughs> so it's it's one step forward, two steps back. Yeah, yeah, and and it is one of the things. Sort of, I, I also like that when. Um, Went with the character of Geraldine, but you know, um, Captain Rambo, which she gets pushed out of the, of the world. You actually see it happen. Like it's not, it's surprisingly aggressive. Like <laughs> it's I, super, yeah. she throws her through like houses and houses and houses Offenses. and then like across a giant field and then out of this weird energy barrier. Like it's slightly more than aggressive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I thought when I, when you saw the end of the last episode, I thought, you know, Wanda probably did this and then kind of hit her with something and then she would be hit and then immediately just teleport out and then the impact of her falling would be the thing that pushes her out but not shot through like three buildings and across like yeah. all the way across town like being hit it was um it was quite mental so that that sort of towards the end of that uh the way the episode sort of ended what are your thoughts matt on the way wonder and vision kind of interacted there what do you kind of think uh, it's it's odd because obviously we see Vision, <coughs> the corpse version of Vision, which <laughs> will give me nightmares. And then was it he um, essentially because he he's obviously he's not keen on where they are, but is willing to listen to Wonder. I'm thinking maybe has she like recreated Vision in a way, and he's just willing to follow her in anything she does because he kind of sort of. He, he looks a bit concerned, then he kind of smiles and just sort of cracks on with, you know, the sitcom world that he's in. So it seems like, I well, I, my, my working theory is she's recreated him and he doesn't know any better that he just has to follow Wanda because Wanda's his creator and he just has to trust her, essentially. Mm. I think that she... I don't know, it's so difficult. I think, yeah, in a sense that she has recreated him, but I think she has like recreated him to the best of her ability and he has quite a strong moral compass. So there are those bits where he's kind of looking at her like there's something, there's something weird going on here. And like the neighbors wanted to tell him something. So like, I feel like vision might be part of it. Like eventually I think he might be part of the reason that it maybe crumbles because, Mm. because of the fact that he's got that moral compass and he kind of has, that emotional connection to Wanda to be able to kind of be like, you're being mental. <laughs> like, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> even when they sit on the sofa after she's like, oh, what do you want to watch for like TV tonight? And they sit on the sofa. And even at the end, when he sits on the sofa and looks at her, he still has like that 
unsure weird look towards her and then he mm. carries on as normal so I, I it, it's kind of weird mm. yeah it's and I, I do wonder bouncing off that sort of theory if yeah if vision kind of starts to become more self-aware and yeah. figures out maybe the kind of plot is going to be yeah vision figuring out what's going on or this version of vision and him basically saying you need to help these people and she goes but if i help them and i let them free i'll lose you because maybe the only way to keep his consciousness alive is in this strange sub-reality and maybe she's mm. tried it before to bring vision back to life and it failed or maybe this was her trying to and some sort of strange side effect of her trying to bring him back to life in some way has created this the only way he could exist which is kind of his vague being without actually a physical version of him being there yeah i think that's a more coherent way of what i was trying to say well, I, did, I, would have thought that. <laughs> I think it'll, it'll turn into kind of he's he's her moral compass in a way that he he's he, he'll have to convince her and yeah it'll be that choice of losing him or, or, you know, snapping out of it and losing him or just keeping the illusion going. Mm. Yeah, and I'm quite intrigued by... Um, if, we, if we sort of vaguely move on to, like, where we where we think the show is going to go as well from here. And the next... I don't know if the next episode is going to be it or if it's going to be more of the towards the end, but we saw in the initial trailer there's the sort of uh, trick-or-treat episode and they wear Scarlet Witch dons the Halloween costume that's the original Scarlet Witch costume from sort of the comics and things and Vision wears the same thing for him in the comics and whatnot and i'm quite intrigued by that because i seem to recall that she talks to her neighbor is it jen or is that the what no because it's she's called jen in parks and rec she's that's, called jen in parks and rec the, the neighbor lady who's very smiley i can't remember her name the one in the first episode oh, just comes into the house yeah uh she's played by Catherine Hahn. yes yeah uh i forget her well name. her everyone should know who we're talking about <laughs> uh, yeah. but her like in the trailer, I seem to call her being in a car and kind of either hitting her head on the steering wheel or yelling or being really weird and Vision kind of staring at her while wearing the sort of Vision Halloween outfit. Mm. And so I am I think the Halloween episode is this thing where I feel like that's when things are going to f- start to unravel a lot more. And I feel like next episode is probably going to rein it back a bit. So this episode has been like a bomb of sort of exposition. But now we've got this almost the two current storylines which is one of the outside looking in and the one from inside looking around so with that in mind i think the next step is going to rein it back a bit and be more wandavision-esque but with way more cracks in it because i feel like as we're not quite at the halfway point yet if they delve too deep uh into solving the issue it's going to almost finish before it kind of gets there i don't know what your guys sort of thoughts are on where the next step is going to be from there I mean, I think, yeah, next episode will probably, it'll go back to the sitcom with far more cracks in it. I think mm-hmm. then from there, probably the next two or so, um, we'll spend more time with like Jimmy Woo and Darcy Lewis, uh, it, you know, exploring it more. Probably they're going to focus on Monica Rambo as well, giving probably a lot more exposition to explain it all. And I think probably near the last two to sort of three episodes, I think they'll ditch most of the sitcom stuff mm. and focus on more of them coming out of that world mm, yeah do you- i honestly don't know this this show is so <laughs> it like it could go anywhere, it, yeah, yeah exactly it's so up in the air um i honestly have no idea i think obviously they will spend some time with uh monica rambo because obviously she's just been inside of the sitcom but i feel like they'll probably go back to the sitcom solely because it ended on the sitcom so just for consistency they'll continue with it being inside of the show also mm. the neighbour is called Agnes 
Oh, you looked up. I looked up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I wonder as well if, um, with this is going to be the, the big, the first big crack for vision. Cause he's going to be, you know, I, I can't remember if at the end of the episode, if he, I think he did, didn't he? He asked where she went and wanted to. She kind just of, said that she went home. Yeah. Kind of glazed over it. And I think vision's going to be like, maybe asking Agnes or the sort of the neighbor guy who cut through the wall. Maybe he's going to be like, where, where has she gone? Oh well, yeah, because they said that she didn't have a house, she didn't have a home. Yeah. So he's going to be like, "Well, where is she?" So she might <laughs> be the reason she's gone. everything starts to crack. Yeah, and I, I really liked the whole the radio thing as well. Like I forgot to mention that, but uh, like can, yeah. when uh, Jimmy Woo was really like trying to call out on the radio and stuff, I like the fact that obviously when we first heard it, it was really sinister and weird and like, "Oh my god, what what could that be?" Sort of thing. And then when you watch him doing it, they're like, they have no idea what they're doing even if she can really hear them or anything and then obviously where she does that rewind effect in the prior episode and they're watching it like air quotes live the sitcom you watch the kind of blip happen and they think oh well the radio clearly it clearly didn't really do anything but when you see the episode and her in there it's like the music goes really sort of ominous and she's staring at it and i think that those two parallels are showing how it feels in the sitcom and what they're actually doing outside of the sitcom is very, very clever. I, I really like that. Definitely, definitely. I, 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 I just really enjoyed, yeah, seeing seeing them sort of research into it, and you know, it, it's good to get those kind of answers. Who was on the radio at the other end? Because it sound, as you said, it sounded so sinister, and now it's kind of oh, perhaps it isn't, and I think perhaps. There is someone censoring the show and trying to maintain sort of Wanda's state of mind. So there's definitely there's going to there'll definitely be a vi- a bigger villain at play in some way in this. Mm, yeah, very interesting. So we'll kind of round up uh, in this sort of area. Then um, I was th- going to say um, any sort of final things you wanted to add in, uh, Matt, that I haven't we haven't maybe touched on that you kind of want to discuss. Uh, no, well, the only thing I noticed which uh, made me laugh, uh, even I, I love the character of Jimmy Woo. He did, mm. he, he's a very good character. I think the actor's very good, even though he comes off very, very jokey and very sort of psychic. He, he delivers his lines so well. Mm. Uh, I, a fair few have noticed this on Twitter now, so I don't feel as smart. But uh, <laughs> he, um, he at the at the start, he did the card trick that Ant Man taught him. Oh. To, flick out his card he says to him and i watched it quite recently out man the was and he says to him how do you do the card mm. trick and he says are you serious and he can't work it out i thought that was a really good little that's funny. bit to add oh, that is brilliant yeah i didn't notice yeah. i didn't notice that part yeah when he yeah it's when he meets uh when uh monica meets him outside westview mm. he waves his hand and he pops his card out because he's finally learned the trick. <laughs> so i just i just enjoy stuff like that that was clever i, I generally didn't notice that yeah because I, I remember he was from out man of the wasp and i remember him being that sort of I really like him in Ant-Man and the Wasp. He does that comic relief where he's he's not really the bad guy in Ant-Man and the Wasp, but he's kind of he's just a guy trying to do in his mind the right yeah. thing in his job. But he is quite committed to it. But he is quite silly, and I, I like that. I like it when you can like he's still a person. He's not just you know a suit in a sense. And mm. I, I think him and Darcy are going to bounce off each other quite well because Cat Dennings was basically the comic relief in Thor. Kat One Dennings two, is great in everything. I love her. <laughs> I think maybe except two broke girls. I'm not. I'm not a huge yeah, fan. Well, of her. I love her and everything else. But um, yeah, that, that is a, that is a cool little card trick and things. So um, we've kind of tackled what. Uh, what else is there? Anything you want to add in there, sort of, Megan? No, no, I don't think so. I've been trying to think of like how like a couple of friends of mine have said like, oh, would you recommend watching this and things? Because they recently watched uh, the MCU of lockdown, and I think quite a few people who aren't major fans like. 
I mean, I wouldn't even call myself a major, major fan, but I love the MCU and I'm trying to get into more comics and stuff. But like, you know, I watch the movies as soon as they come out in the cinema and I go see them and things. And I've been keeping up with them really since Iron Man came out. And I think you have and most of the guys in Comics in Motion have too. Mm. Whereas we've got quite a few friends who have seen bits and pieces, but haven't watched all of them. Because obviously, if you miss a couple, you kind of fall behind. And then some people find it quite daunting to catch up with the, was it 21 there is a lot, isn't there? movies? Uh, and they reach like two to two and a half hours each. So it, it is a lot of time. But I feel like lockdown is, in a, in a positive side, has allowed people to kind of catch up on a lot of the stuff from the MCU. And I think that this is going to be... When people ask me if they should watch this, I'm like, they asked me last week and I was like, at this point, I don't know. Maybe wait a couple of weeks till you can kind of catch up a little bit. But it's like trying to describe the show to someone. It's like, yeah, it's basically like a, a 1560 sitcom, but something's really wrong. And yeah. that is... It's a hard show to describe yeah. and get people on board. I like it because it is so different though. Yes. It's like the complete polar opposite of like the rest of the marvel universe like they're all yes. very much like action 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 this is what's happening like boom mm. destroying tons of buildings and like mm. this film uh this tv series is like completely different to a lot of the other marvel content it's taking a lot of risks yeah one of the things i love the mcu as i said and i i love relatively all of the movies a couple are a bit weaker but i still enjoy them but aside from maybe five or six films the majority of the mcu is the same sort of formula for each of the films, which it, yeah. it works fine. I kind of compare DC and Marvel in the sense of like the MCU is very much very safe in the structure of the uh, films, but most of them are high quality. Apart from, I'd probably say, you know, uh, Endgame and Infinity War, which are uh, above in, in sort of quality in the way they are uh, sort of laid out and things. Whereas, well, DC, they take more risks and that's why their, their catalogue is so up and down where you've got so many things like Joker, which are so hailed and the original Wonder Woman and then other stuff that is so sort of shot down. And it's interesting having a show now, which is, I don't think there's, I don't know if I'm not maybe not uh, knowledgeable enough, but I don't think I've seen a show like this on television really ever. I mean, there's, there are certain mystery-esque shows. There's something called The Prisoner, which I watched, um, which is kind of like this in a way. But to do it connected to superhero things, this is this is a big risk. And it makes me feel happier and more excited about the MCU. Because if they're willing to go off the, the beaten track, in a sense, to this degree and do something this risky, this is the first proper thing released since the Infinity Wars saga finished. Obviously, Far From Home was a part of that. So it's like the risks they're taking is commendable. And it, it's working really well, I think. Yeah, I think it, it was the right time to take a risk whilst they finished the whole Infinity Saga, tried to move on and, and do something a lot different. So I, I, I'm I'm really enjoying it, seeing something that's far different from anything we've seen before. Mm, yeah, I agree completely. Well, we'll sort of uh, wrap up here then. So yeah. um, it's been absolutely amazing talking to you, Matt. If you want to tell people about your, your shows and where people can find you, and then we'll do our plugs too. Uh, yeah, you can find me. Uh, well, I've got a YouTube channel called Jasper Reviews where I do just sort of like uh, video essays and just normal commentary videos on just anything I fancy talking about. And I have a podcast called What's the Topic, which is also on the Comics in Motion uh, sort of podcast list. Wonderful, cool. Megan, do you want to tell people where they can? <laughs> Every time Mike does this, I'm like, hi, I don't have a podcast. I'm just here for the fun. <laughs> but I do have an Instagram account. So if people want to follow me on that to follow my health and weight loss journey, you're welcome. And to. photos of your food. And photos of that. my food and photos of the tortoise. It's yeah. on Grits Gets Fit. Yeah, Grits, G R I T T S, G E T S. 
FIT, just to make sure, because I know everyone is going to be swarming to follow your fitness. I'm going to just, ha- I'm going to be swarmed. I'm going to have like thousands of new followers. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be so popular. <laughs> and with myself, uh, you can find me at Genuine Chit Chat on all, well, on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. On there, I post about my show Genuine Chit Chat, which is on a separate feed, and also my show Star Wars Comics in Canon, which can be found here on Comics in Motion. And yeah, if you want to get into contact with the show, you can find comics in motion p that's where uh, this podcast sort of main hub is on all social media places and i think the email will be in the description which i think is comics in motion podcast at gmail.com um but that has been lots of fun uh, it's great meeting you and chatting yeah. with you matt and things and i'm very excited for what one division's got before i was interested and now i'm very very excited so it's going to be cool to see where this goes and where everyone who's listening needs to tune in and keep up with this weekly breakdown because i think as it keeps on going things are going to get more and more crazy and it's going to be awesome so lovely to be speaking with you matt yeah good speaking to you thank you cheers Make an island.